Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. If you have your Bibles, I'd love if you turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, and we're going to read why we're here, why we're celebrating today. We're going to read from Luke chapter 2. And this is what it says, starting in verse 1. It says, At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus, he decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. And this was the first census taken when that guy whose name starts with Q was governor of Syria. I cannot pronounce that. I'm sorry. I can't. Verse three says, all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. And he took with him Mary, his fiancee, who is now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born and she gave birth to her first child, a son. And she wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. There was no room for them. And that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby guarding their flocks of sheep and suddenly, and that's what I'm praying for you today. This morning, I prayed for you. I prayed for every person that would be coming to our church or watching online. And I prayed that today you would have a suddenly moment with God where he meets you right where you're at and everything changes just like this. It says, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. And that is the message of Christmas. That is the message of the gospel. The story of Jesus is that he came to bring good news that brings great joy to all people, including me and you. And it says that the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And today, if you are taking notes, which I hope you are, I think that they're going to check those in heaven. So just that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. But if you are taking notes in church today, I want to talk just for a few moments, just on this thought, make room for Jesus. What would it look like? for us Christmas 2021 to make room for Jesus. Let's pray. God, we are so grateful to be here today. And um, God, you need to hear our hearts right now that we do not wanna go through the motions. We are not here to play church, not to just check off some religious box, but God, we are here to meet with you. And so God, I ask in Jesus' name boldly that you would speak to each and every one of us today, right where we're at, regardless of where we are in our relationship with you. Would you speak to us today? Would you make your word come alive like never before? And God, I pray boldly that each and every person 
that when we leave this place, that we'll leave differently than how we came. And that's not gonna be because they hear from a man, but because they need to hear from you. And so God, we give you permission to speak into any area of our life. And will you help us make room for Jesus? And it's through Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Now, have you ever noticed that in so many different ways that there's just not enough room around Christmas time? Like there's not enough room in our already crowded houses for the Christmas tree and all the Christmas decorations that we gotta move stuff for because we're already crowded. We don't have enough room for it, so we just make it work. Come on, if there's any Clark Griswold fans out there, there's just not enough room on the house for more Christmas lights this year, that there's not enough room under our Christmas trees for all the presents that we bought, or if you're a parent, maybe the grandparents bought, um, that there's just not enough room in the stockings. Oh, come on, I love me a good stocking, especially when it's packed and kind of overflowing. You got to put stuff on the ground because of stockings. Just sometimes there's just not enough room in the stocking. And here, here's the truth. Sometimes there's just not enough room in the old budget for all those presents and all the things that go under the trees. And it, come on, I'm preaching right now. Come on, did that just speak to anybody in the room? There's just not. Tell the truth and shame the devil. I'm telling you right now. Sometimes there's just not enough room in the budget. I found that around this time of year, there's just not enough room in the calendar for all the Christmas parties and all the events that we have. And now, because of those Christmas parties, after all those Christmas parties and all those events, now there's just not enough room in the jeans that I've been wearing all year long. I'm telling you, they fit from January to November, but now those bad boys, I can't even get them things on. How many of you are thankful for stretchy pants around the holidays? Come on, stretchy pants, leggings, sweatpants, come on, joggers, everything, yeah. Can I get a witness in church? Stretchy pants are good. And when we look at the Christmas story in Luke chapter two, we see that it all, started, it all started with people not having enough room for Jesus. This one little detail in this story that we're so familiar with has gripped our hearts over the past month as a church, where we see in Luke chapter 2, verse 6 and 7, it says, while they were there in Bethlehem, the time came for Mary to give birth to her baby. Her first son was born, and she put cloth around him and laid him in a place where cattle are fed. And they had to do that because right here, there was no room for them in the place where people stay for the night. There's no room for Jesus there. And the truth is, that can be true today. That can still be just as true today, 2,000 years later, that there's just not room for Jesus. It's so easy to live life in such a way where we don't make room for Jesus to crowd him out of our everyday lives. Author Max Licato, he puts it this way. He says, the mother and father of our Lord was pushed out and rejected. Even before he was born, our Lord was rejected and turned away. The words, no room for you, followed him throughout his life. There was just no room for him anywhere. It is the same in the lives of many people today. He is still being crowded out. With all the festivities and all the busyness, he is just often an afterthought. 
Instead of being at a place of honor this time of year, Christ is often shoved into a corner. Even today, there is no room for Jesus. And here's what I've been chewing on for the past couple weeks as I've been preparing for this message. I just can't stop thinking about that small detail in this big story. Even the, even the video of the kids, it, it showed that there was just no room for Jesus. And I think that small detail, it points to this truth. And it really is the big idea of the message. And I think that little small detail, it points to this truth that Christmas is an invitation to make room for Jesus. That's what we have to understand this Christmas. Is that more than just lights and trees and presents, that Christmas, it's an invitation to make room for Jesus. But the question is, is how do we do that? When we look at our lives, if we were to pie chart out our lives, how do we make room for Jesus? In fact, let's, let's check this out. If we made just this pie chart of our lives and we took the big categories and all the different things that make up our lives and we tried to put it on paper, what would it look like for us to make room for Jesus there. Like, because if you look at our lives, you see all different types of things. Like a big part of our lives is our relationships. It's, it's all our relationship with friends and family, our marriage, our kids, our, our coworker, our parents, our neighbors. Everything, every relationship we have, it takes up a big chunk of our life. And then we have our jobs, our, our work, our career. It's how much time and energy and effort that you spend working and building the business or making the sale or climbing the ladder or getting the promotion or earning the bonus. Another part of our lives we see as a result of our jobs is money. And that can just represent everything from, yes, the things that are in our bank accounts, but also our possessions and our stuff and our, our finances, our 401k. And, but then we have our time. And I think our time is, by the way, our, our most valuable commodity. I think it's our most valuable resource, way more than money, because here's the truth. Like, I can make more money. I can't make more time. And so we have our time, and then we have things like our hobbies. It's the extra stuff that we do in life. It's what we do for fun. It's our side hustles and what we do on nights and weekends. And, and let's not forget about social media all the time that we spend scrolling on different apps and Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat. I don't even know all the rest of them. I'm too old now for some of them. And, but like, there's a bunch of them that's out there. Some of you are like, what, what, what? like, why did that make the cut out of all the things in life? And it's because of something that I found when I was researching for this message. And it was a stat. And it said that in 2020, the year that we do not speak of, <laughs> that during that year, the average person, average, spent two hours and 24 minutes per day on social media. Two hours and 24 minutes per day, which translate to 17 hours per week, which adds up to 36 and a half days a year. And by the way, if you do that, like life's gonna be tough. Like, if you do that all day, every day, it will jack you up. Like, you'll end up comparing your everyday life to, there's something on me. Uh, 
thoughts that are in here that came out here. (laughs) There we go, okay. But if you do that, you'll spend your entire life like comparing your normal life to everybody else's highlight reel, which will end up literally sucking all the life and the joy and the peace and the contentment out of your life. And that has nothing to do with the message, so I will step off of that soapbox here. But you have your life, and if this represented your entire life, what would it look like for you to make room for Jesus this Christmas? Let me first talk to two groups of people. First is, I want to talk to those of you that maybe have never made room for Jesus before. Like, he's not even in the picture. Maybe you're new to this whole Jesus, God, church thing. Maybe you've never been in a church before, but you're here today. One, I'm so thankful. But maybe you're here and like, you've just never made room for Jesus. Or maybe you're here and you have in the past, but now he's been crowded out and he's no longer in the picture at all. See, the invitation for you today is to make room for Jesus. The invitation is for you to somehow in your life, see if this works. Come on, somebody. (laughs) See, the invitation is for you to make some room for Jesus, to let him in, to invite him into your life. And everything starts there. See, theologically, this is what it means for Jesus to become your savior. It's where he saves you. It's where you make room for a savior. But for that to happen, you have to understand that you actually need saving. See, the Bible says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, that says, it says, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. See, God has a standard of living. He has a standard of behavior. Like, it's like, hey, I have a way that I want you to live life, how I've designed this whole thing to be. And this verse says that when we fall below that standard, and by the way, we all do. We all make mistakes. We all do say, think things that fall short of God's glorious standard. And when we fall short of that standard, that's called sin. And if you go to that verse, it says we all sin. And if you're a theological, Bible-trained, got a Bible degree in my pocket person like me, and you've studied Greek, the original language this was written in, and you see that word all, and you see that word everyone, if you study the minute details of the Greek, here's what that means, all. (laughs) That means all of us. That we all fall short of the standard that he has for us. And that that's called sin. And that sin comes with consequences. See, that sin, it separates us. It disconnects us from God because a holy, loving God can't be in the presence of sin. But it gets way worse than that. I'm sorry for the bad news, but Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it says the wages. In other words, like the penalty, the price, like your sin comes with a price tag, and that price tag is death. So listen, sin, it doesn't make you bad. It's way worse than that. It makes you dead. And the bad news is, is that there's nothing 
that you can do about that. There's nothing that you can do to pay that price. Like you can't do enough good things. You can't go to church enough. You can't read your Bible enough. You can't serve enough. You can't give enough money away. Like, like in other words, you cannot save yourself. You and I, we need an outside source to do what we can't do on our own. But the good news of the gospel and the good news of Christmas is that God loved you so much and wanted a relationship with you so much that he sent not just anybody, but his one and only son, Jesus, to die on a cross and raise from the dead three days later to pay that price, to pay that price tag and that penalty that our sins come with. And in process, restoring our relationship and connection to God so that we can go to heaven and spend eternity with him. And that is why we are celebrating at Christmas. You see, the real miracle of Christmas is that God didn't wait for you to get to him. He came to you. That's the real miracle of Christmas, that we see that Jesus, that he came to us, Emmanuel, God with us. That is the true miracle of Christmas. Tim Keller puts it this way. He says, Christmas is telling you that you couldn't get to heaven on your own. God had to come to you. And you want to know what blows me away more than anything? He did that just for a chance to have a relationship with you. Because he loves you so much that he even gives you choice. And so he'll never force you. But he paid that price just for the chance to have a relationship with you. Just for the chance, let me put it this way, that you would make room for him. If you want to know how to make room for him, Romans chapter 10 verse 9 tells us, It says, if you say, other translations say confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved from the punishment, that penalty, that price of sin. And just so you know, in just a moment, we're going to give you that opportunity. If you've never made that decision or maybe you have in the past to literally invite him in, to make room for Jesus. But before we do that, I want to talk to those of you that have made that decision. Like people that have made room for Jesus. That in your life, you, you, you are saved. At some point, you made a decision to follow Jesus. Like he's in the picture. Let's go back to our illustration. Because I think that if you're here and that's your life, and you're like, yeah, I'm good. I'm in. I've made that choice. I've invited him. There's a part of my life that's there. And then you hear somebody like me stand on something like this and hold something like this and say, hey, guys, this Christmas, what would it look like for you to make room for Jesus? And a lot of you, you hear that. And here's what you hear. You need to make more room for Jesus. And when you hear the phrase, like, make room for Jesus, instead of feeling hope, instead of feeling peace, like, you feel guilt. Because you feel like, okay, I need to do more. I know I'm not living the way I should. I know I'm not doing enough. Like, I need to do more. And so the temptation when hearing a message like this is that, like, here's what you have to do. It's like, I know that I have this much, but I need to just do more. I need to go to church more. I need to read more. I need to read my Bible way more. 
I need to serve more. I need to give more, 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 more. I need to help more old people across the street. Like I just, I need to volunteer more. I need to do all these things more. I need to make that piece of the pie bigger. Now, don't get me wrong. If you don't do any of those things, I highly recommend pastorally for you to do those things. That's the tension I feel with stuff like this. Because it's like, if you don't go to church, if you're not planted in church, I highly recommend doing that. Why? Because your life will be better. It will. If you don't have a home church, let this be your home church. We'd love to make you part of our family. You know, like reading your Bible, it's a good thing. It will better your life. You will feel closer to Jesus because he will speak to you. But like a lot of times the tension that I feel is like, there's so much guilt attached to those things. And so it's like, make room for them, do more, earn more. And it's like, we forget that it's all about grace. And so the temptation is to be flooded with guilt whenever that happens. And to just make all these things just religious duty. But let me just tell you right now, Jesus did not come so that you could have religion. He came so that you could have a real dynamic, close relationship with God. That's why, so if you hear this message and you internalize it, that okay, pastor, God just wants a bigger piece of the pie. I'm telling you, you're missing it. He wants more than that. Like Jesus did not come just so that you can, just so he could have this compartmentalized part of you or just, hey, I wanna be invited in just to this couple hours on a Sunday. That's not what he came to do. Jesus just does, let me put it this way. Jesus doesn't want to just save you. He wants to lead you. That the whole point of this thing is we follow him not him following us. This is what Matthew chapter 16, Jesus himself says this in verse 24 and 25, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your way and take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. See, this is a theological term with Jesus, not just as your savior, but he becomes your Lord. When he not only saves you one day, but he leads you right now. This is where he's in charge, where he's the boss, not you, where he has the final say in every single area of your life when you understand and when you don't understand, when you agree and you don't agree. He has the final say, not you. So if we go back to this pie chart of our life where the temptation is once we've invited him in, once we've made room is that, ah, we just feel like we gotta have a bigger piece. Listen, Jesus doesn't want a bigger piece. He wants the whole pie. So instead of making room for Jesus by making this piece bigger, instead, he wants you to make room for him in your relationships, in your marriage. God, I invite you in to my marriage and all my friendships and my dating. I invite you into my parenting, into every single relationship that I have. God, you're welcome in every single one. And then I wanna make room for you in my job, in my career, 
in everything that I do, in my ethics on the job and how I treat people at my job. And I invite you into every single part of my job. And then I invite you in to my money. And truthfully, it's not even mine when I realize that we're just stewarding what's yours. And so I invite you into my spending and I invite you into the things that we do when it comes to our resources and we invite you in and then, okay, God, I'm gonna invite you into my time and my schedule and what I put and what I prioritize. I'm gonna put, I'm gonna invite you into that. I'm gonna invite you into every hobby and for the love of God, we are going to invite you into social media in everything that we do. In other words, he wants you, once you've let him in, to make room for him. Not just in one compartmentalized part, but in every single part of your life. Jesus just doesn't want a bigger piece. He wants the whole pie. And so I'll say it again. Christmas today is an invitation to make room for Jesus. So this Christmas, why not make room for him? In the way that today you need to, why not this Christmas make room for Jesus? Why not now? Why not you? See, I made that decision on June 25th, 1999. And on that day, way back in the day, I made room for Jesus. I let him in. I invited him into my life. And on that day, he became my savior. And every day since that day, for the last 22 plus years, has been this process of him becoming more and more my Lord, of inviting him into every single area of my life for making room. Because yes, I made room for him on June 25th, 1999, where I let him in. But I'm telling you from that day until this day, It's all been about making room for him in every area of my life, in my future, in my relationships, in my marriage, in my my parenting, in in the way that I handle the, the finances that he's blessed. Everything is about making room for Jesus. And I still have a long way to go. But here's what I know, is that since that decision, on June 25th, 1999, my life has never been the same. Today, the invitation at Christmas is for you to make room for Jesus. And if you do, I believe with all my heart that if you do, your life will never be the same too. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And if you're new to our church, every single week at this time, we try to create some space to ask God, What are you saying to me? So regardless of where you are in your spiritual journey, I encourage you right now to just pray that simple prayer in your heart. Just say, God, what are you saying to me today? What are you speaking to me? Ask him, what does does my response need to be to this message? And maybe you're here and you've never made room for Jesus. You've never let him in. You've never invited him into your life. Maybe you have in the past but you've walked away and now you find yourself at Queen City Church and you just, you feel so far from God. And today you just need a fresh start. See this Christmas, we wanna give you that opportunity. We wanna give you the opportunity, which we believe is the most important decision of your life, the decision to make room 
for Jesus. And today can be your day. Just like June 25th, 1999 was my day. December 19th, 2021 can be your day. We're not gonna point you out. We're not gonna make you come forward. We're not gonna embarrass you in any way. All I wanna do is lead you in a simple prayer. And if you wanna be included in that prayer, like you know today, I need to make room for Jesus, whether it's for the first time or it's all over again. Maybe he's not in the picture. And if you, that's you and you know that's my decision, then I want you without hesitation on the count of three to raise your hand and we're just gonna pray together. Nobody's looking around. This is just you and God. It's an act of faith. It's saying, God, I surrender my life to you. I need you in my life. If you're here and that's you on the count of three, put your hand up in the air. One, two, three. If that's you, just put your hand up. Say, include me in that prayer. Include me in that prayer. I got you, got you, got you. It's awesome. Hands up everywhere. It's great. It's beautiful. So proud of you. So proud of you. You can put your hands down and just pray something like this in your heart. Just say, Jesus, I need you. I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. And today, I make room for you. I make room for you in my life. Come live inside me. Will you change me? Will you make me brand new? And I just don't give you part of my life. I surrender my whole life to you. I give you my life. And today, I choose to follow you. Thank you for the gift of Jesus, the reason for this season. Thank you for Jesus because of him that we can have that type of relationship with you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for Jesus. And it's through the mighty, powerful, awesome name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Church, can you clap your hands? Come on and celebrate like you never have before for those people that just made room for Jesus. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People.